And it tells us the names of the two men who rose up against Joash and killed him because of his treachery against Zechariah, Jehoiada's son. And their names are Josachar, the son of Shimeath, and Jehozabad, the son of Shomer. His servant struck him. Every creature is unique in the song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable, all struck with. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. Today, our scripture says, His servants arose and formed a conspiracy and killed Joash. This was startling and shows that the blessing of God vanished from the compromised king who began so well but failed to finish well. This ended a reign full of promise and hope in the beginning, but godlessness and misdirection in the end. There is no record of repentance on Joash's part. He never came back to or fulfilled his earlier promises. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 12 in the book of 2 Kings. To repair the house. And it's a lot, day by day. People fill it, and then they empty it out, and they count it, and they save it, and they give it to them, the workers. However, verse 13, sorry, my throat's really dry. <clears throat> they were not made, uh, there were not made for the house of the Lord basins of silver, trimmers, sprinkle bowls, trumpets, any articles of gold or articles of silver from the money brought into the house of the Lord. <clears throat> But they gave that to the workmen, and they repaired the house of the Lord with it. Now, Second Chronicles, uh, turn with me, if you would, to Second Chronicles. Me. Second Chronicles 24. <clears throat> Verse 12, it kind of gives us a... Uh, <clears throat> Second Chronicles 24, verse 12, it says, The king, and, and this really just gives us more information about what was going on, and, and it's important to read Chronicles for that reason. Um, there's more commentary usually than what you find in Kings. And so when you read those chapters uh, together, it really fills in the blanks and you get a bigger understanding. So the king and Jehoiada gave it to those who did the work of the service of the house of the Lord. And they hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord, and also for those who worked in iron and bronze to restore the house of the Lord. And so the workmen labored, and the work was completed by them. And notice, and they restored the house of God to its original condition, and they reinforced it. Now notice verse 14, it says, When they had finished it, they brought the rest of the money, 
excuse me again, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada. They made it four articles for the house of the Lord, um, the articles for serving and offering, the spoons and the vessels of gold and silver. So they collected so much that they were able to fix the house, and then they had left over, so they were able to help out with those things that they didn't have before because um, they were given away to other kings. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. Moreover, verse 15, let's go back to um, 2 Kings um, Verse 12, or chapter 12, beginning in verse 15, it says, Moreover, they did not require an account from the men whose into the hand that they delivered the money to be paid to the workmen, for they dealt faithfully. They were such good men and uh, had such integrity. There was no need for the accounting of the money. And the money from the trespass offerings and the money from the sin offerings was not brought into the house of the Lord. It belonged to the priests. And so that just explains again why it was necessary. They created this extra box and they used the money that was put in there for the temple repairs so it wouldn't get in the way of the livelihood of the priests who served. But notice, um, if you still have your, your finger there in Second Chronicles 24, we're going to look at the apostasy of, of Joash. And let's just start with verse 15 because this is something that's not recorded for us in Second Kings 12. But in Second Chronicles 24 it is, beginning in verse 15. Notice what it says. But Jehoiada grew old and was full of days, and he died. And he was 130 years old when he died, so a very ripe old age. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings, because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and his house. And that was a great honor for this priest to be buried in the same place with the kings. It was a great honor for him to be buried there. And we'll find that Joash wasn't even buried there, but Jehoiada was. Kind of interesting. Now, after the death of Jehoiada, the leaders of Judah came They came and they bowed down to the king, and the king listened to them. And therefore they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers, and noticed they served wooden images and idols. And wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem because of their trespass. And notice... Yet God sent prophets to them to bring them back to the Lord, and they uh, testified against them, but they wouldn't listen. See, whenever we don't listen, God will raise up someone else. When I'm not listening, God sometimes will raise up somebody else to come and speak to me. When I've I've turned my ears off and my heart off, God will send someone else to get my attention. I'm not listening. And he did that. But Jehoash... As soon as Jehoiada was dead, remember I I, I labeled this with a title, Who Are You, Really? (laughs) Because now we're really finding out who Joash really is. He wasn't the man that started off well. He was really this man. Because as long as Jehoiada, as long as this man, this influencer in his life was there, he looked up to him, and he, he put him in, on the throne. He was instrumental in helping this young man and, and nurturing him, discipling him. But once he was dead, ah, now the mice will play. We find out what we really are. We find out who Joash really is. And it says in verse 20 of Second Chronicles 24, it says, Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada the priest. So now Jehoiada has a son now. 
He's now the high priest after his dad dies. And he stood up above the people and said to them, Thus says God, why do you transgress the commandments of the Lord so that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he has forsaken you. And so they conspired against him. And at the command of the king, at the command of Joash, he, has, he, had, the, the, he had him stoned to death. In the court of the house of the Lord. And, then, and thus Joash the king did not remember the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but killed his son. And as he died, he said, the Lord look on it and repay. You see just how awful that is? This man who brought him up and set him on the throne, got things in order for him. He passes from the scene. Joash starts to go south in his devotion to God. And then his son, who is now the high priest, says, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then Joash says, kill him. And he kills him. And as he's dying, he says, the Lord look on it and repay. Do you remember any other time in history, in the Bible, where somebody said, Lord look on it and repay? What about Stephen? Remember as they were stoning him in Acts chapter 7? What did it say? That as he was... They were stoning Stephen. He was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Similar kind of thing. And what about Jesus? On the cross. Luke 23 tells us, Jesus cried out on the cross, Lord, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Very similar thing. And so verse 17, back in our text, Hazael, king of Syria, and now the consequences are starting to mount up. After he departs from God, now the consequences are starting to flow. So Hazael, king of Syria, went up and fought against Gath. He took it, and then Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem. And Jehoash King of Judah took all the sacred things, notice this, he took all the sacred things that his fathers, Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Ahaziah, kings of Judah, had dedicated and his own sacred things, and all the gold found in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and in the king's house, sent them to Hazael, king of Syria, and then he went away from Jerusalem. Then verse 19, now the rest of the acts of Joash, are they, and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? Yes, they are. We just read it, didn't we? They're in the books of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah. That's what, that's what First and Second Chronicles is. We just saw that. More information than what we had here in Second Kings. And his servants, notice, Joash's servants, rose, formed a conspiracy, killed Joash in the house of Milo, which goes to, down to Silla. This is right there, we believe, somewhere in... Um, Zion, just south of the Temple Mount, somewhere between the Temple Mount and Zion, there's a, like a landfill there. There must have been a building there, which may have been called the Milo. And, and then uh, as it goes down into the Kidron Valley, and it tells us the names of the two men who rose up against Joash and killed him because of his treachery against Zechariah, Jehoiada's son. And their names are Josachar, the son of Shimeath, and Jehozabad, the son of Shomer, his servant, struck him. So he died, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And then Amaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Now, 
continue looking at um, Second Chronicles because something is interesting there for us. Because when we look at um, verses 17 through 21, it's kind of written there for us in a very short form. <clears throat> but look with me at verse 23 of Second Chronicles 24. It gives us a little bit more info on that, and then we'll take communion, okay? Notice what it says concerning the death of Joash, and you'll see the, the difference here, a little bit more info. So it happened in the spring of the year that the army of Syria came up against him, and they came to Judah and Jerusalem, and they destroyed all the leaders of the people from among the people and sent all their spoil to the king of Damascus. Who's the king of Damascus? It's the king of Syria. Because Damascus is this, the capital of Syria. For the army of the Syrians came with a small company of men, but notice, but the Lord delivered a very great army, speaking of Israel, into their hand with a smaller army. Why? Because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. <clears throat> and so they executed judgment against Joash. And when they had withdrawn from him, for they left him severely wounded, his own servants conspired against him because of the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest, and killed him on his bed. And so he died, and they buried him. Notice, remember Jehoiada, the faithful high priest? He was buried in the place, the tombs of the kings. But notice, an actual son of David, they buried him in the city of David, but they did not bury him in the tombs of the kings, because he was such a rascal. He wasn't worthy to be placed in the same tomb. But yet the man who put him on the throne was the high priest. He was buried with the kings, but not Jehoash or Joash himself. So Joash started out well, but he didn't end well, did he? <clears throat> and perhaps you started off well. When you gave your heart to Christ, and it's a good thing to ask, take inventory, how am I doing now? How am I doing, Lord? You know, when you first came into my heart, there was such an excitement. I felt like I, it was like a new relationship. You had had the exhilaration of feeling forgiven and knowing that you're going to heaven. And it was all because of Christ. And now, as time goes on and as, like water on sandstone, the, the world has a way of just boring a hole in your heart. And it, it washes away or attempts to wash away. The enemy of our souls, the world, is attempting to wash away what Christ has put there. How are we doing? Are you still abiding? Are we still abiding? Are we still doing well? Or have we slipped back into sinful patterns and habits of our old, old self before we came to Christ? Well, today is the day to turn over a new leaf, right? Never think that God is finished with you. When you take your last breath and you die, then you're finished. Then your choice has been made. And if your choice is for Christ, then you're going to dwell in eternity in heaven with him. And if your choice was anything, anything but Christ, then your eternity will be spent in hell for eternity. Yes, the lake of fire. Revelation 20 tells us about it. Jesus talked more about hell than anybody else, but that is the choice that we make. So today is the day to turn over a new leaf because he wants you to live. He wants you to be blessed. And even, Christian, even if you're blowing it or have blown it, or maybe, the, maybe even today you've said or done something that you're ashamed of, there's no better time than the present before we take communion to just say, Lord, I, I have messed up, and will you please forgive me? And remember the promise 
that we read earlier, if we confess, he is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a wonderful promise. And now is the time, folks, that we have to believe in the word of God. No one else in this world believes in the word of God like you and I do. And we need to rest everything on it. We need to take it all to the bank. We need to rest and, and, and set it and set it like a rock and stand upon it and, and, and defend it and to stand by it and do not budge from it. Don't give it away. And you know what I mean by give it away. Certainly give it away. Tell people about it. But don't offer anybody to take it away from you. It is here. It's solid. It's firm. It's no one should take this. They can't ultimately take it away. But we can give our peace away if we're not careful. Don't give up what God has stored up in your heart. Turn over a new leaf today. Turn from the sin. Confess it. Enjoy the promise that God has given to us. Amen? If we could have Sarah come on up. and um, I can't think of a better time to take communion. Because who are you really? Who am I really? It's a good thing I have to ask myself. And the best time to really challenge myself is when nobody's around. I've got no governors. I've got no accountability. That's the time to ask the question, who am I really? And say, Lord, I want to be a man after your own heart, whether I'm here on an island by myself, whether I'm on a business trip and my wife's not around, nobody's around. What am I going to be? Who am I really? That's a great thing to ask. And if you've blown it today, you've blown it this week, now's a great time to just set the record straight. And remember what Christ has done for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And more importantly than the physical stripes, the one wound that God gave him by placing the sin of us all on his son on the cross at Calvary and judged him when he literally, his soul, became an atonement All of the sin of mankind placed upon him. That's what he did. That's why we celebrate communion. We celebrate the death of Christ. Not because he died, but because of what he did on the cross. That's what we celebrate. The victory that he has given us. Amen? You know, I love that part of that song where it says, No... There's no other fount that I know than the blood of Jesus. Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing very well what was before him and what he had to accomplish. In fact, it had been prophesied hundreds and even a few thousand years prior, all the way back into Genesis. He knew what was before him. But yet it wasn't something that he delighted in thinking about, other than the fact that he delighted in knowing what, the, what, what his death on the cross would accomplish. That is what the joy that was set before him was, knowing that he would get a bride, he would secure a bride and present her faultless and white and linen to his father. And when the rapture occurs, folks, do you realize we're going to be transformed? We're going to be given those robes of righteousness and we will be presented the marriage supper of the Lamb. Isn't that amazing to think about?
And he did all that knowing that was the goal. To present us, you and I, and all people around the world. Doesn't matter what color of their skin or their, any demographic that might man would try to separate us. In God's economy, there's only one. He sees a church made up of Jew and Gentile. All different walks of life. And he did that willingly. And there's nothing but the blood of Jesus that can do that. There's no other way, folks. We all know that, right? There, There was no other way. There is no other way. There's no other way that we can be reconciled to God the Father, but the blood of God had to be spent on our behalf in order for God to be appeased. It pleased him to bruise his son, to crush him. He was satisfied with that sacrifice once. It happened once. And when we take the bread and the cup, we commemorate that. We believe in that. We come into agreement with it, that it was the, his body broken for us. Remember that night, he broke bread. This is my body broken for you. When it hadn't even happened yet, but in his heart, it was already a done deal. And so let's take the bread and thanksgiving for what Jesus did for us. Then he took that cup. He took that chalice, that holy grail. He passed it around. And they all took a sip from the same thing. Hallelujah. This is the blood of the new covenant. Take it. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Let's stand together and let's give him thanks. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us. Lord, uh, truth be known, Lord, there is so much that we can't even fathom. I, I, I can't imagine, Lord. I, I, my, my heart and my mind and all of us collectively is, is not enough to contain the reality of who you are, God. And I pray that you would just stir our hearts with that thought, Lord. Just There's not a loftier thought that we can think that can even match the reality of who you really are. We, we can't even attain it, Lord. We're, we're like David. We understand when David said, your, your thoughts are too high, I can't attain to it. I can't, even, I can't think that high and lofty enough. I can't think that pure. I, can't, I don't understand, and, and I know so little, and, and yet it's enough, Lord. It's enough for now to bring us into worship, to bring us into fellowship because of what you've done. But Lord, we're thankful for the hope that we have that when you receive us and then we will have an innumerable eternity to spend with you as you unravel the riches of the grace that you have set before us. You will unravel the mysteries that we've long scratched our heads and wondered. And Lord, A million years from that time, our jaws will still be dropping in awe and wonder because we will never, ever figure you out completely. We will always be in a wonderment, Lord, and I'm so thankful for that because you are perfect. And we love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for saving our souls. Thank you for encouraging us, Lord. Continue to help us tomorrow as we go. Protect us. Protect all of our health, Lord. Continue to restore and renew us. And build us up. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the end of our lesson for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Second Kings.
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.